101FM management wish to advise that the opinions and comments stated on this program are not to be considered as endorsed by Radio Logan Incorporated. Broadcasting live from our Logan Central studios, this is 101FM. The following business program is general in nature and is provided as entertainment. It should not be considered advice. Business Tribe, Tribe. welcome back to your home for business on the FM dial. Monday night is business night, and it's time for the Business 101 Show. Broadcasting live from Logan's 101 FM studios in Logan Central. Here are your hosts, business coach Nikki, digital coach Carrie, and Logan's own Mal West. Very good evening. Welcome to the Business 101 Show. I'm Al West in studio with me, Coach Nikki. Good evening, good evening, Business Tribe. And Digital Coach Kerry. Hello, another fabulous Monday. Welcome to the Business 101 Show. It's going to be a great show. Plenty of things to talk about. Oh, Kerry and I are both pumped up, if I can speak for you, Kerry. It was a big morning this morning. It's rolled the whole day. I was going to say we're either pumped up or tired, one of the two. No, pumped up. I'm <laughs> motivated. I'm, I'm good. Look, uh, it's We started the day with that COVID-19 mandate breakfast by the Logan Office of Economic Development here, and there was over about 100 people that went to that because it's what everyone's talking about at the moment. Yeah, you did a great job of emceeing. Thanks. Good job. Yeah, it was good fun. And uh, we're going to talk more in depth about what we both got out of that session this morning from the four experts that were there in their different fields. So mm. we'll get to that a little bit later. Look, you're doing a coach's corner tonight. I am. So I'm going to be talking about one of my favourite subjects, which is culture in the workplace. So workplace culture that works. So we'll have a, a lot to say in coach's corner tonight. Fantastic. Now, uh, last week's one thing, I'm going to jump ahead just one second now. Last week's one thing was creating what success looked like dashboard. Now, so Business Tribe, I set you the challenge of going through those three key areas that you had to um, look at, which was the KPI uh, of um, numbers, the financial KPIs, then the human KPIs, and then the business life cycle, those three steps. How did you go with that? Did you actually have a crack at doing that in your business? Did you create the whiteboard? Did you actually make the effort to at least collect the data or have a look at the reports that you got no one's answering you Funny no right? i know this is a one-way radio <laughs> i'm just challenging you because even if you only got some of it done or if you thought right i'm going to do it and you started looking at it and then you drifted off i want you to go back there and get it done because it's the single most powerful bit of kit you can actually get done for 2022 that will actually help hone you in so yeah please do that one thing because it's really really important what are you grateful for what am i grateful for mm so much to be grateful for. I'm grateful for uh, being able to have access to people that are at the top of their field to actually hear it from the horse's mouth so that I can share it. That's coming straight off the bat of today because I'm pumped. Yeah, awesome. Mal? Um, Grateful. I think uh, tonight I want to just say some of our fabulous supporters, uh, the people, the the, uh, listeners and the supporters of 101, and some of them just... You know, go above and beyond as uh, we we so kind, yes- aren't they? Yesterday, yeah. uh, recognition. Um, Ken and Daphne, I just wanted to say thank you very much. Uh, they supporting the radio station, and it's would you believe country music is the connection. They love mm. country music, so all the past country music presenters on on one hundred and one over the many years, uh, what they've done um, for the community 
for the station uh, came back uh, and uh, in, in a, such a positive, positive way. And, and Ken and Daphne, thank you. Thank you so much. That's such great. an amazing, generous gift that yeah. they gave the station. So really deserve a shout out. Yeah. I am this week grateful for my brother-in-law returning from Weeper after many years of working away. He mm. is back on a regular basis now. So we'll get to see him more often throughout the year. And after 20 years, I'm really looking forward to that. So really grateful to have him around. What country is Weeper in? Weeper is in Australia. Mm. Is that Queensland or? <laughs> yes. It's Queensland. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's far north. I, I didn't know if it actually went into Northern Territory. No. Okay. No. Sorry, people of Weeper. I'm a bit rusty on my map. <laughs> There you go. So that's uh, mm. what we are grateful for this week. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, there, there is the phone number 3808 8101. That's 3808 Or message via FB at Business 101 Show. So they're uh, the ways that you can get in touch with us. It's time. Well, we're going to sit down and find out a little bit what's happened during the week. The Fair Work Commission ruled against the BHP COVID jab mandate for its Mount Arthur mine on Friday, but not for the reasons you may think. It was only ruled against after a challenge by the CFMMEU, as 35 out of the 724 workers on that site are unvaccinated, i.e. 5% of the workforce. The tribunal made it clear that it would be a lawful policy once consultation had been undertaken and BHP upheld the policy during the consultation period. That's an important turning point for all of us in business because what Fair Work is saying is that as long as you consult adequately with your staff, then you can bring in mandatory max, uh, sorry, mandatory vax mandates. So that's an important ruling uh, that's come out on Friday. The TGA, Therapeutic Goods Administration, has provisionally approved the jab for kids aged 5 to 11 years old. Of course, vaccinations spend about three years in the prelim stage before they get fully signed off uh, forever. So prelim does not mean that they're not approved for use. And what I heard on the news outlets, media outlets today, was that they have data from over a million kids being fully jabbed and four million being uh, first jab coming out of America. So there is plenty of data now to help support that stance of the TGA. Logan City Council has completed its search for a new CEO and has appointed Darren Scott as the new CEO of Logan City Council. Darren brings a wealth of governance experience and has 11 years at the Gold Coast Council as a Director of Economic Development and Major Projects. Most recently serving as the Deputy Director General for the Department of Communities, Housing and Digital Economy and prior to this was Assistant Under-Treasurer for the Queensland Treasury. So he's got pretty good credentials. The new CEO commences on January the 31st 2022 and i'm going to cut the news short there because i can't wait to talk to you guys in the second segment about this covid mandate so Mm. that's the news that you've got to be across this week oh i know the borders are opening earlier on the 13th but we've all been glued to facebook all day about that when the premier came out so yeah there you go that's the news are you ready for this week's business hot seat in five four four three three two one one and tonight, Kerry, we're going to put the COVID-19 mandate in the hot seat. That's mm. the December 17, which is when that will come out. Now, 
Just to start this conversation off the bat, there are some different dates looming around. So if you're talking about mandatory vaccination, say in the health setting, that's December 15. If we're talking about borders opening in Queensland and people coming back up, that's December 13. And if we're talking about the Queensland health mandate, that's December 17. A lot of dates, a lot of different things to consider. And that's also the important part when you're a business because you may have more than one um, area that you have to look at depending on the industry that you're in. So this whole thing for people that are a bit confused about what's a mandate and what's it about, it's about whether or not you're a restricted or an unrestricted business. So restricted businesses or unrestricted is actually outlined by the Queensland State Government in Health Directive number 29 um, and it's a business activity undertaking directive is what they called it. I've put a link on our Facebook page with that directive link from Queensland Health because it, I had to email uh, Minister Fentiman's office to get the actual link because I couldn't find it on the Queensland Health website. And that will give you a list of whether you're restricted or unrestricted business. Can I just say every business is going to fall into the one of those three categories on that list. So the category one are the restricted, category two are restricted but with some exemptions, and category three are unrestricted. So for someone like a hairdresser, you're unrestricted. So that just means that you have to do what you're doing now and people have to check in when they visit your business. But if you're a category one and that is you're restricted, like a hospitality venue, then you've got to adhere to the check-in. You've got to ensure that people are vaccinated, which is what's still coming out in writing under the mandate for the 17th. And you also have capacity limits uh, per square meterage as a category one. That makes sense so far? Clear as mud. Yeah, so that part of it, it I think is actually fairly clear. Um, but So working out where you fit in is important because that sort of overarches this entire conversation about what's going on with the mandate. Kerry, this morning was interesting. Um, we had four experts uh, with us this morning answering questions. We had Marie Adshead and her advisor, Peter, the Commissioner for the Office of the Queensland Small Business Commissioner, Marie Adshead, and her advisor, Peter, who runs one of the teams. Mm -hmm. We had James Stokes from Stokes Lawyers, solicitor. We had Michael O'Brien, who was the Senior IR Specialist for the uh, CCIQ, Chamber of Commerce and Industry. And we had Wayne Nascenzo, who was the Australian Retail Association Regional Manager Northwest for Queensland, Northern Territory and Western Australia. So you've got all those sides represented there on expertise. And they all spoke to what they think the mandate will mean. But the mandate outline has actually not been published yet. No. 10th of December, I believe, is the date. That's the date that it should be coming out by so that we can all scrutinise and, and work out the final wordage because everyone's sort of bracing for impact with, you know, what do we do if do we have to challenge somebody at the front door? You know, are they vaccinated, etc. What was your takeaway from this morning, the, the, the quick takeaway for people uh, that you got out of that whole discussion this morning, the two and a half hours? Probably the key thing for me was in relation to staff when they, you know, obviously there's a lot of fear out there for business owners about, do you know, if I make my staff go and get mandated, can, can they come back at me? Where do I stand legally, etc.? What everybody needs to realise is that every single modern award in Australia, which is what they clarified this morning, already has what's called a consultation clause in it. And this is where BHP have come undone, right? Mm -hmm. They haven't had that consultation with their employees. And that is key. Communication is key. We say it every single week. It's one of the hardest parts of business if you don't focus on it. It is. So having that consultation with your staff 
is going to help protect you, protect you from a legal position. And every modern award in Australia has that clause already in it. So if you can be found to not having that consultation with your staff and saying, as of today, you will be doing A, B and C, then that's when you're leaving yourself open. So make sure you're having those communications with your staff, keeping them updated. Some businesses will be restricted, so they will fall under, you know, they're in those businesses that have to be uh, double vaccinated by the 17th, and then others won't be. But communication is key to make sure that everybody knows where they stand. Yeah, I, I agree with that. My key takeaway was uh, being inactive is not a defence, so ignorance is not a defence. If you've done your best and you can document that you've done your best to meet the guidelines as they sit at the time, then that is going a long way in your defence if somebody has a legal challenge to you. So what I thought we would do is I've picked the top six questions that were asked this morning and I think we'll just go through them and give you the uh, feeling and answer. So it'll only take a minute each, but these are the top sort of six areas that are going to affect people. The first question. Do I have to disclose information about whether my staff are vaccinated to a patron if they ask? That's a very clear no. That's private information. The answer that you give to that is we are following the Queensland government mandate. That's it. So if someone's absolutely getting stuck in you, are your staff vaccinated? We're following the Queensland government mandate. And then just make sure that you are. Make sense? It does. So your staff's personal information is personal, so that hasn't changed. That's as it is now. Like I wouldn't, you couldn't tell another staff member if someone had been vaccinated for measles or whatever. That's not a conversation you have in the workplace. As a business owner, question, as a business owner, what can I do to protect me from legal action from either my employees or customers when I think I'm doing the right thing? Staff communication. Yep. For employees. And for customers, it's about having all the signage up out the front. So the mandate says... Uh, have signage up, people have to scan in. If you're a restricted business, um, then you also have to sh- you know, have the signage to say uh, you must be fully vaccinated to visit. Now, there are some resources available. I couldn't hear it backstage. Yep. Who has that resource link? Is it uh, the Ombudsman? We can put that up on our website and on the Facebook page. It's on that it? piece of information next to you there. Ah, yeah, good. Okay, so we'll get yep. that up uh, in about half an hour's time. And that was actually provided by Marie Adshead, the Commissioner for the Office of the Queensland Small Business Commission. Mm. They've got links about signage that already exists. You don't have to go create this tribe. You can just download what's already there. So what protects you from a staff point of view is you have to provide a safe workplace. So you don't fall foul under the work cover claim, providing a safe workplace, taking adequate, and that is toolbox meetings, taking along for the journey, et cetera, right? Customers, you've got to display what you're doing at the front so that if somebody is, you know, blowing up deluxe, you can simply point back to, it clearly states uh, what we request of you as you come into the store. One thing I really like this morning, Wayne Nascenzo said it. He goes, people don't have a right to come into your store or your establishment. It's a privilege. Now, just because you haven't got it written on the wall doesn't mean they can't do it. So he gave the example of, you've got kids running around Woolworths chucking cans of tomatoes at each other. There's no sign that says don't chuck cans of tomatoes, but it's implied that they can't do that. So if you've got people that are being, I don't know, unruly, unfair, you know, very abusive and and loud and and, um, unsettling to your staff, you can actually ask them to leave And you can actually, as long as you've stated clearly at the front what's required, you can just point back to that and you can ask them to leave. So I thought that was really good this morning. Anything else you want to add to that? 
Yeah, look, another one, one of the questions that um, is next on there, which I know will be on a lot of people's mind as well, was somebody asked the question about whether you need to have a staff member standing at the front door yeah. checking people in and checking their ticks. And, yep. and their answer to that was that it would be checked at the time of sale. Of transaction. At time of transaction. So whether that is at the actual register when they're placing their coffee order or yep. if it's an a la carte restaurant where they're sitting down at the table. So you don't have to think about having an additional staff member on standing at the door, hmm. making sure that people are, are checking in and doing all that as well. So that really clarified that for a lot of people as well. It did. I know the bigger venues are obviously putting you know bouncers at the front door if it's a alcohol licensed venue. Um, and they take that approach that they'll manage that at the front door. But for the smaller businesses... The consensus was you can do that at point of sale. Mm. So again, someone could have an armful and then, you know, okay, can you just show me um, your vaccination or depending on what industry you're in, cafe or et cetera. Well, so. they were saying that you had to, you just had to ask the question, mm. have you checked in using the check-in app? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is yes, you've done your job. Happy days. Mm. Yeah. Well, everyone comfortable with that so far? Yep. Getting nods around the studio? Yep. Okay. We're all good. <laughs> all right. Can I stop customers from entering my venue if they are not double vaccinated or refuse to disclose this information to me using the Queensland check-in app? Again, it depends on whether it's restricted or unrestricted venue. If the mandate says, I remember it's not published yet, but it did, it did say that, you know, hospo venues have to be, um, you have to be vaccinated to enter those venues. If that's the case and that's what the mandate says when it's finally published, then you would have to have systems in place to actually verify that information. And if a person refuses to give it, then you ask them to leave. And if they don't leave, you then call the police. That is the dictated mandated approach to that. So it's unfortunate if you've got a, well, you wouldn't have a 14 year old at the front door of a hospital venue probably uh, doing this check. Because if it's, if it's got alcohol involved, then at least you'll have a bouncer that's used to <laughs> crowd control. But you might have cafe one of them at a cafe on a restaurant. Sure, sure. Know, like so... So that leads into the next point. There was a question about how do we get our staff ready if you are in a restricted business. Now, there are some TAFE courses, some really quick one-hour courses that have been created especially for this. Have you got the notes on that? Yeah, look, TAFE Queensland has um, has a course and also the Re Retail Institute, um, they have courses as well on dealing with aggressive customer behaviour, which I think is really key. Mm. Um, and again, communication to your staff, making sure they know where they'll stand, you know, where they stand and how they can deal with it is really important. But those, uh, yeah, TAFE Queensland and Retail Institute will have a couple of courses that you can do. Now, if you're a venue that falls into the restricted, I would suggest that you need to get on the front foot and get your staff trained as in doing a course like that. Because again, it's about consultation, which means training as part of that. And to provide a safe workplace for your staff, you have to give them the tools on how to deal with the job at hand. There could be a case to say that if you haven't provided them training and you've got very agitated customers that blow up deluxe well you've failed in your duty as an employer to provide adequate training for that purpose so it's you can't bury your head even if you think that you you know i've got a cafe with you know two staff and we're too small to worry about it if you fall into that restricted category you need to be proactive and have it documented and you need to actually do a toolbox meeting where you get your staff just to sign that they were part of that meeting and this is what is discussed because if it all goes horribly wrong then the consensus from the panel this morning was if you can show documented evidence that you've made an effort to actually rectify problems before they come up or provide adequate training to make sure your staff are empowered and looked after, then you should be fine. The last rule fly on the ointment was um, people can actually make a claim against you under work 
workers' compensation if they do contract COVID at work. It's already happened. There's already been rulings by WorkCover on this. Um, and there is backing from WorkCover on that. And there is a federal fund that is set up that if your expenses go over 5000 out of pocket, then the federal fund apparently kicks in to help fund any challenge from that. So there are some layers here that are available to business. Now, how we all meander through that and how we access that, that's why it was great to have Michael O'Brien. He said, look, go onto the cciq.com.au website and look up there. They also have a work cover hotline that you could actually consult with. So that's a great resource. Um, we're going to get Wayne Nascenzo on the show. We're trying to see if we can line the dates up for next week. Mm. If not, it'll be um, later. But again, he is part of the Australian Retail Association. So either be Wayne or his CEO, the big boss. And we'll actually hear exactly what the Retail Association is advocating for their 8,000 members. Mm. From people as big as Amazon with no domestic store footprint, right down to smaller retailers. So that'll be a really good resource. It's a big issue, isn't it? Let's go to the last question on this section. Regarding the Queensland check-in, is it business's responsibility to ensure patrons have checked in or is it up to the individual patrons to do so? The consensus here was, and again, restricted and unrestricted slightly, you've got to be more on it if you're restricted. Unrestricted, you've got to ask the question whether somebody has checked in. Um, and if that person um, then says, yes, I have, the understanding is, well, that's good. That's all you have to do. You don't have to muscle them in and physically strangle them into showing you the screen. So again, people will try and take common sense on this. I think what I got out of this morning was it's about what the mandate says and what the rulings say, and it's not really about common sense. Now, for all our finance listeners and tribe, you'd, you'd understand there's no common sense in lending. It's just about policy, process, and procedure and lending. It's the same sort of thing when it comes to not falling foul of these rules. So to wrap it up, What's one thing you took out of that people aren't? So what, how are they going to be safeguarded the most? Well, I mean, for me, you have to wait till the 10s to find out what's going to come out and how it's going to work. I think that's why James is getting so frustrated this morning mm. as the only solicitor on the panel because he's really thinking, I need the mandate to come out so that I can see what the wordage is to then give you advice based on that wordage. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. At the moment, there are no, there's no um, recorded fines for businesses, but there is fines for individuals. But again, on the 10th, that could all change. Who knows what's going to come out? So it's a really wait and see game, isn't it? Yeah. So the final bit for me is proactive, consult, make sure you record what activities, you're t- what steps you're taking, and that's the best defence that you have. Coming up, we have Coach's Corner, WTF Business Jargon of the Week, and this week's One Thing. You're listening to the Business 101 Show. Coach Nikki, a few thoughts? Yeah, I just had one. Um, I've had some messages come in, like an SMS to me, a couple of my business friends. They're really agitated around this whole, how do they protect themselves? And for me, it's actually pretty simple. You've got to go about this issue the same way you go about any issue in your business, I believe. It's about through the paradigm of risk matrix. What is the risk? Now, how do you mitigate risk in your business? You first have to identify areas of risk. You then have to document how you are removing any potential risks out of, say, workflow, which would be done by training or physicality of the work, like improving your business you know, slip hazards, sharps, all that sort of stuff. So for this issue, it's the same thing. All you've got to do is provide a safe workplace. And how you do that is assess the risk of the workplace, make sure the areas that it can break down, 
make sure you follow the mandates and the rules of the government of the day and you've documented and you've communicated that with your staff through regular toolboxes and through memos and you've documented who's who was there, etc. It's not that hard if you look at it that way and I think that would actually go a long way to getting you on the front foot. Just want to share that. Coaches Corner. And this week we're talking about workplace culture that works. This is one of my favourite subjects, as you guys know. I do, I do love this. So, you know, it's no accident that companies with the highest rated work culture are also amongst some of the most successful. So when we think about companies like Apple is one that I can think of, uh, Google, Google, you mentioned last week, Canva in Australia, I mean, you've got Virgin Airlines, Richard Branson, he's got the, the whole coach, culture concept down really well. Mm. So company culture, it forms a really big part of your business success. But a lot of people, when they think about culture, they're not quite really sure what it is. And I want you to think of it of a set of shared beliefs or standards. So some values and procedures that your company might have for its employees. So uh, it's funny because employees may not, being employees, know how to introduce workplace culture, but they know what a bad workplace culture is. And this can work um, in, be very uh, successful businesses know that this is the case. And a business, a business with a great culture, the business owner will be less stressed, Um, There'll be less absenteeism in the workplace so everyone works better together. Greater productivity because they'll want to be there and they'll be working better. Um, There'll be a lot of employee satisfaction, better teamwork, employee retention and better customer service. So it all, I mean, it just affects your bottom line. It's about money coming into the business, money staying in the business. What would you say to people that go, it's just a woohoo, new age stuff? They no, absolutely not. No, it, it, it's workplace culture plays such a huge part, and this is where a lot of small businesses, in particular, because you need to think small business owners, uh, you know, they're under that 19 staff. Some of them they're under five, so they're they're really doing a lot of the work themselves as well. So they might be on the coffee machine or on the register. So it's very easy to get caught up in the running of the business and not think about the staff culture and how everything is going. Mm. But it can be one of the biggest um, ways that you can increase your revenue because if you look after to your staff, they will look after your customers. And a happy workplace and a happy environment, you, people want to return to that kind of environment. Your staff can see it. So I could give you many tips on workplace culture, but I just wanted to stick to three tonight to make it really simple for you guys. Mm-hmm. So the first one I want to talk about is a set of clear core values. So the one thing that all successful workplace cultures have is they share a set of core values that are are perfectly clear to the employees. And a lot of small business owners, they don't disclose what their core values are. So the staff members don't know. And so this will be what your company values are. So some ideas might be, um, you know, innovation and creativity. What is the home work-life balance like for your staff? I know that we've had a bit of a shake-up in that area over the last 18 months with COVID. But, you know, as people are starting to return to the workplace, is there ways that we can make that work home life better for our staff? Um, You know, results, what is the measure of success? Nikki, you've spoken about what the measure of success is before for a business. Was that last week? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, what is the measure of success and do all the employees know and team members know what what that is? And what does teamwork represent? What does teamwork look like? So that's an idea of having some clear core values there for you. Point number two that I want to bring up is respect. 
Now, respect is a really important part of workplace culture and it's respect between all levels of employees from the highest level to the person working on the coffee machine. So if you don't have that level of respect there, uh, it can make a huge difference to your workplace culture. I also just add that it's, it's about being safe. Yes. The word is respect, but it's also about that embodying that feeling of safety for staff. Yes. Because yeah. you'll never build anything if they feel unsafe. No, absolutely. Mm. Agreed. And the third one, which we talk about every week, is communication. There it is again. If you want to build a successful workplace culture, you have to communicate with your staff. And the one thing that I will say is that over the last 10 years, technology now plays, and maybe a little bit longer, plays a huge part um, of communication. I understand that. But I want you to think about the difference between somebody texting you happy birthday or picking up the phone and calling you and talking to you for your birthday. There's two completely different scenarios there and it makes you feel completely differently. So don't fall into the trap of only sending emails and text messages to your staff. Make sure you are having those one-on-one conversations, preferably face-to-face. But if you can't have them face-to-face, you might be working in a... 20 hour a day business and you don't have a chance to catch up with everybody make sure you are at least making that phone call so that you can get that communication happening freely you know you talk about culture as in in the workplace realm and you talk about the communication that last bit you can also take that into your personal life as well because mm. i gave each one of my kids a, a card a couple of days ago that just reframed to make sure that they were okay for the madness of the christmas rush yep. and told them just to calm down and enjoy it and the impact they had on my kids giving them a written card versus a text or a message, it's the same when you're doing staff and culture. If you give them handwritten notes or give them one-on-one time with no phone interruption, take them for a coffee. And uh, Can you imagine if the leader took the forklift driver for a coffee? When's the last time you've done that, business child? Well, the majority of staff would think they're in trouble. Correct. <laughs> if, if but it could be very powerful stuff. If you're doing it the opposite, you know, I just want to chat and see how you're going. How's everything going? Are you happy? How's your family? How's your life? makes a huge difference to the culture. So that's my three tips. Clear core values, respect in the workplace, and communication is key. Coming up, the one thing... Stick around. This is the Business 101 Show. There's more Business 101 Show to go. Don't Don't touch that dial. Coach Nikki will be right back after this. Hi, it's Tom Linsky from Meadowbrook Golf Club. You're listening to the Business 101 Show with Coach Nikki on your local radio station, Logan 101 FM. What's on in Logan? I've got a couple of things to talk to you about this week. First of all, on the 7th, which is tomorrow, my goodness, Tuesday. So 9.30, Southside Flower Markets. Nikki, you're having a bouquet and how to make them workshop happening at 9am. We are. Is it the present topper one? No, it is the bouquets and how to make them. Present topper is the following week. Okay. You can tell I do all the flower workshops at Southside, can't you? (laughs) Does does Millie do those workshops? Yeah, the girls do those workshops because they're they're the floral creatives in our business. So I'm more the nerd aspect of our business. So yeah. And if you haven't seen Millie put together a floral arrangement, then you need to get yourself along to one of these workshops. And And it's also a Yumi uh, and Margie as well. 
Like they go. really are all good, all, all of them, yeah. Fantastic. And then we also have uh, on the 8th of December at 6.30pm, we have a pro-choice anti-mandate uh, event happening, town hall meeting, which is happening at 390 Kingston Road in Slacks Creek. Uh, it is a free event, but tickets are selling fast and we will put the link up to that on our website so that everybody can get to those. So that is happening on the 8th of December from 6.30pm. Yeah, we're all going to that just to see what yeah. that's all about. Yep. So either it's going to generate into a massive anti-vax rally yep. um, or it's actually going to have some meaningful stuff. Now, I think from the graphics used, it's going to be um, Pauline Hanson, and um, Campbell Newman. Campbell Newman. Yeah. So it'll be it'll either it'll go one or two ways. It'll either be informative or it'll degenerate. So <laughs> You'll have to let me know what happens. I'll be. Uh, we've got an outside broadcast happening. Oh, that's oh, right. Yes, down in course. Bay Desert uh, because of the rain, it was postponed from last week. Yes. Mm. Uh, so that's down at uh, Elysium uh, Over Fifties Village Resort in Bay Desert. They've got a fabulous uh, light display, Chrissy lights, and everything. But I'll be down there broadcasting. I still have a massive problem with that Over Fifties tag. For a retirement village. Is that because you're I'm so close, close to, to it. And don't tell me you're trying to put me in a village already. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, station sponsor. I'm just saying, like the whole tag of over 50s, it just, it really gets my goat. Could we move that to over You get 60s? cheap insurance, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Something to look forward to. Mm, so that's one. On, what's on in Logan. Nice one, Kerry. Hmm. It's time for this week's Nickyism. Yo, a Nicky What? What's a Nickyism? Nickyism, a strategy and/or saying that Nikki says, which, when used, will get you ahead faster. Hey, Coach Nikki, what's it gonna be? Real simple one tonight. As we slide into the end of the year, action takes action. Action takes action. How many times do you just you just a bit tired or? You just go, oh, I can't do another thing today. Like, I've had a pretty good day. And then you start getting down on yourself about, oh, well, I've got this idea and that idea. Or I should be doing this or I should be doing that. Well, just remember, champ, action takes action. So it sort of just is a reminder to yourself to just do the things that you have to do or want to do. It's fine to have ideas and to think about them, but they will stay ideas and they will stay theories until you put the action into it. So it just helps me weed out when I have thoughts, I have this pressure of I've got to implement that straight away, which is rubbish because some of the things you're just sort of stewing over in your head and mulling around. So action takes action. So it's like, right, if I'm not ready to take action on this, okay, this is just an idea that I'm germinating and that I'm strategizing about and I'm sitting with. Because remember, one of the Nickisms from two weeks ago was, if in doubt, just wait. It's the same sort of thing, but this one is, well, to actually make things happen, you have to take action. So action takes action, and that will help you sort out what you want to sit with versus what you have to take action on right now. Just got to love those Nickyisms. Well, that brings us to the one thing. What is this week's one thing? We need a theme song for the one thing. I could tell <laughs> the way Mel just held up the finger, she goes, <laughs> the <laughs> one thing! <laughs> <laughs> Look, the one thing this week I think that makes the most sense for you, Tribe, and Kerry, I don't know if you agree with me here, I think it's around communicate and train. So you had a great uh, coach's corner on building culture that works. And given that we're talking so much about the Queensland uh, mandate coming in, communication and training will serve both those purposes. So you can, to get a good culture, you have to communicate and train around building that culture and the areas that you want to build and the values that you want to instill and take on as a, as a business. That's by way a half day to a full day workshop to actually create workplace culture with values and purpose. So if you get lost, 
reach out to the coach that you trust because you might need somebody to facilitate, facilitate that for you. Around the um, mandate, it's the same thing. You actually have to communicate to your staff, make sure they have the adequate training and get a plan in place for what you're going to do. And that is signs up, make sure the whole of the business knows what you're doing, staff and customers and suppliers that are coming in. Make it clear. I know that sounds like 500 things for you, but that's just the one mm-hmm. thing this week. Okay, Tribe? Communicate and train. And of course, uh, it'll be out before uh, next week's program. So that's something that uh, obviously is going to be talked about next week in the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else have we got next week? Next week's really interesting. Yes. We've got uh, Senator Amanda Stoker phoning in. Um, she will still be in quarantine coming back from Canberra. So that's why we're going to have a phone interview with her at uh, 6.15 next week, which would be great. Haven't had uh, Senator Stoker on the program before. Very outspoken um, liberal senator. Um, has a lot of portfolios and industrial relations is one of her key portfolios. So it fits right into the business tribe uh, theme and communication, but also um, around women's issues, Minister for Women. And I haven't got the exact her exact title, Monica, in front of me, so I'm sorry, I, I can't give it to you verbatim. But she really dovetails into what, say, Minister Fenneman does on a state level. So it's it's about women empowerment. Mm. I, uh, I can't wait to have a chat with her because she sounds like an interesting human. So very relevant to our business tribe. We do. We also have uh, Councillor Mindy Russell as well in the... Is she going to be on next week as well? Yeah, I'm not sure whether Mindy will after? be on. I think it'll be... Um, we have... I think Mindy will make it into the summer series. I'm not yep. sure that we can get Maybe her on one next week. Maybe I've jumped the gun. Yeah, but that's all right. There's <laughs> a lot going on. Because we also have, which, like I said, we're trying to get Wayne Nascenzo mm. from the Australian Retail Association on the show as well around this issue of mandate. Because if the mandate comes out in time by the 10th, that means we can communicate around that on the 13th next week. And if he can't uh, process that in time, he'll see if he can get the CEO of the ARA because he's one step above, as in he'll get that information possibly sooner. sooner. So how good's that? We've got really good access to people, and that's all possible Mm -hmm. through the Logan Office of Economic Development. So we're pretty blessed to have access to those people. Exactly. It's been a a busy day, a long day for you guys, because you've been uh, out and about bright and early this morning. It was 7 o'clock kickoff this morning. Your final thoughts for tonight's show? Uh, Communication is key. (laughs) It's the same each week. (laughs) Uh, Final thought for me is ignorance is not a defence. And don't get stressed out about this thing. Go about it like you would any other thing. Assess risk through the risk matrix. Make sure that you identify, document and rectify the areas that you identify are risk in your business. And of course, I think that uh, we, the general public, um, have to do just a little bit of common sense and the the right thing when it comes to what's happening uh, on the mandate. Yeah, I'm sitting here giving you the big thumbs up because at the end of the day, people are responsible for themselves. We're not all children in this process and there is part of the onus under this entire mandate government that the onus, you will get fined if you do not follow the mandate as a public, uh, sorry, as a private person. So as well as it's, it's on us as the business tribe, it's also on the individuals coming to our businesses. So Yeah, and a lot of these you know, possible conflict and that, if, if people do the right thing and check in, that'll alleviate a lot of for the concern. Yeah, look, I, I wish why I flip flop on check in. I check in about a quarter of the time. Like, if there's no COVID around, I go, what's the point? And then if COVID spikes, I start checking in. I just, it's oh, a lot God. of people do that. You're that not compliant, Kerry, then? No, not compliant, Kerry, but anyway. <laughs> um, but look, we've got to lift our game and just be exactly as we need to be. So, yeah, back in the chair. All right, that's our uh, last thoughts for this week's program. Don't forget, uh, we'll be back again next Monday night, six o'clock here on 101 FM. Catch us later. Bye, coaches. Ciao for now. Bye-bye.
Remember, you should seek your own independent legal and financial advice before making any decisions about what's right for you. Anything the coaches say or recommend during the show is general in nature and does not take into consideration your unique and individual circumstances. You are responsible for yourself and your decisions. That was the Business 101 Show with your hosts, Coach Nikki, Digital Coach Kerry, and Logan's own Mal West. Want more hot seats, coaches' corners, and Nikkiisms for catch-up podcasts and downloadable resources? Visit Business 101 Show at our website, business101show.com.au, or on Facebook. Remember what Coach Nikki always says. Version 1 is better than version none. You've been listening to the Business 101 Show podcast, as heard on Logan City's 101 FM on Monday nights. If you have a question on business, or maybe you'd like to be interviewed on our show, get in touch. Email us, info at business101show.com.au. That's info at business101show.com.au. We're on Instagram and Facebook too. You can find all those details at our website, business101show.com.au.